0: Just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're going to lose. Coming down the stretch, you're going to lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey, everybody. It's Eric alongside Rod here to discuss MSU's 79 62 win over the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. I'm not quite sure if this is the 21st or 22nd straight win over Oakland, but uh, either way. MSU's cruise in with a comfortable victory only two days after their dismantling of Baylor. The game was highlighted, I suppose, by Tyson Walker scoring his one thousandth point as a Spartan to go along with his one thousand points at Northeastern, his previous school before he transferred. Uh, a game that was seemed a little sleepy to start with. It was, uh, but I think overall a pretty good effort. I think you know it was highlighted with the uh, with Walker, Hogard. Fears and Hallman uh, combining for 19 assists with no turnovers. So I think that's pretty decent guard play in a game that I think was, you know, not great but okay considering the the strange, the weird defense that Oakland plays, and the fact that Michigan State was coming off a pretty good game, and then of course not much rest.
1: Yeah, I I think overall it was uh, an acceptable performance in terms of you know, what really mattered, which is can they sustain right. some of the things that we saw against Baylor? Not entirely. The defensive rebounding was nightmarishly bad, and we'll, we'll get into that, but but the defense was pretty good most of the way. I mean, Oakland shot, what they shoot? 36.5% overall thirty one percent from three and that got boosted late. Yes,
0: I think the last few minutes hit, things changed significantly. They hit,
1: yeah, they hit I think they hit three triples yeah. in the last few minutes. I know Rocket had a couple of them. Um other than that other than that and for whatever reason the difficulty they had for a stretch guarding Chris Conway in the post, um I thought MSU played actually very very good defense and so that was encouraging to see that carry over i think part of the reason it was sleepy as you mentioned in the first half is oakland plays kind of a junk zone which campy's been running now one variation or another of it for several years and in the first half i thought michigan state really struggled with it. They yeah. they didn't move. The ball didn't move. Guys weren't moving. There was nobody flashing into the middle of the thing. It was a lot of aimless passing around the perimeter, and you're going to get bad results when when that's what's going on. In the second half, two things changed. One, their movement got vastly better, and so all of a sudden, you're getting into the lane you're getting around the rim and you're finishing plays there which in turn opens up jump shots and you saw Michigan State's three-point shooting just take off I mean the the difference in the two halves first half two for 10 second half seven for 11 pretty big difference yeah and that and and overall shooting from the floor first half 37.5 percent. Second half, sixty-three percent. You know, it's it's all it's very simple. They moved. Players moved, ball moved, and you get better results. The second thing that happened, and I in not look, I'll check now. Yeah, they gave Michigan State credit for twenty fast break points, but I, I once again I take issue with that stat because I really thought in the second half, especially Michigan State got into transition a lot. Yeah. And and in fact, started it really late in the first half where they had that burst that took it to uh, a double-digit lead briefly before Oakland got it to, I think, eight at the half. But mm-hmm. MSU had a flurry where they got into transition and that continued to the second half. So those two things changed and consequently Michigan State's offensive performance was vastly improved in the second half. And, you know, you had a game that mostly was for much of the second half after an eight point lead at halftime for a good portion of that second half was played in kind of the 20 to 28 point range before Oakland, as we alluded to hit a flurry of threes late to, um, make it a little more respectable, but, but all in all, certainly not a perfect effort. But I think an acceptable one coming off the emotion of that Baylor win. And as you said, only having one day really between the games, Um, you know, they had yesterday and that was it. So um, overall, I think I, I come away from this feeling reasonably good about what we saw.
0: Yeah, I'd say there was no regression from the last game, although you could argue the rebounding was definitely the one problem. But um, some other things were, I think, maybe even better. You know, free throw shooting was a little bit better than and Baylor. And um, to main the, maintain the focus and to come out and, and play the turn- like they did. And the turnovers.
1: Yeah, and, and they the had eight, you know, but they, I feel like it, it three or four of them in
0: the last few minute or two of the game. They did. They did. And and their five
1: guards combined had one turnover. Yeah, Jaden Akins had one turnover. That's it. Yeah, in a game like this, um, that that is impressive, and it was coming off something that kind of got buried because so much else went right against Baylor. The one thing that wasn't great was Michigan State. I think catch fifteen turnovers yes. in that game. Yeah,
0: fifteen. Yep. So
1: it was a, and overall, one thing this team has done, they did it well last year, and they've they've mostly continued this year. Uh, they've generally done a decent job taking care of the ball. So it was nice to see them bounce back in that area. And admittedly, Oakland wasn't out there looking to pressure. But at the same time, that terrible junk zone that they play, that's the kind of thing that if you're not sharp, you could end up with some mistakes. Sure. Uh, you know, you try to force the ball uh, into the gaps. Uh, uh, you try maybe to... Um, dribble against it a little too aggressively you know you can easily end up with problems and it's to Michigan State's credit that they played a, a very clean game in that way.
0: Yep for sure. Well as regular listeners know we have the brothers adjust your gutters sponsor our player that Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter and the player this game was Trey Thompson Townsend uh, just as a reminder the brothers adjust your gutters are your go-to company to take care of your gutter work that needs to be done either at your business or your home. Uh, They do fantastic work here in Michigan, both in the southeast side of the state with Greg and his team and Kurt and his team on the West Michigan side, Grand Grand Rapids, Saugatuck, Holland area. Uh, They will take care of any problem you may have with your gutters, whether it's just clogged with leaves and or like maybe you're like me and actually have a tree growing in your gutter Uh, or if you just need them repaired or replaced, they can do all that for you. Great selection, great pricing, uh, they do very do a very quick job, and again, like I said, they will come out and do uh, commercial work if you need to. I mean, my wife's office, they had, I think it was over like 20- or 30-foot section of gutter that they managed to come out and put up, uh, and no one else was willing to do that, just a small job, but they're willing to do the small jobs and the big ones, so give them a call. You won't regret it. Uh, they'll do fantastic work. You can find the contact information on the podcast player below or on the uh, website. You can find the episode and just look at The Final force on the schedule.com or if you're lazy, tffinots.com, and you can just find the episode there, and the contact information will be there for you. Ten percent off if you mention Final Four to your estimate. Uh, so Trey Townsend played 38 minutes, I mean, almost entire game. Six of 14 from the field, one of two for three, four for six from the line, four rebounds, a couple turnovers, a steal. For, finished with 17 points. Uh, he he was, although I think those numbers don't sound. Terrible. I, he was generally neutralized for most of that game. In the second half, he had some yeah. kind of like late stuff that didn't really matter. He never really got into much of a game, I felt like, you know, again, until it was well, not impactful. Look,
1: here's the thing it was basically an average game for him scoring. I think he averages just under 16 a game. He had seventeen. Yeah. um In Oakland's win against Xavier, I believe he had 28. Um, generally speaking, he would have to have a very, very good game for Oakland to have a chance. And Michigan State, I I agree with you. His numbers look better than it felt watching that game because I think Michigan State, through um, a variety of guys, Malik Hall obviously saw him a lot, but Cohen Carr, I thought, did a really nice job defending him. Yep, Because this is a guy who's a proven scorer and he's a veteran. Um, you would expect that that would be the kind of player to give Cohen some difficulty. And he Cohen really hung in there and played him well, I thought. Um, so I, And he, Carson Cooper even got a brief turn against him, and I don't believe he scored against Carson. So uh, I think Michigan State did a decent job with Townsend. They cert- What they certainly did is they didn't let him explode. And I think if you were Greg Campy, you probably came into this game figuring, if we've got any chance, Trey Townsend's got to be really, really good. Not just, you know, his normal kind of point production. And and that he, Michigan State never let him get loose that way.
0: Yeah, he averages... Almost a... Uh, well, seven and a half rebounds a game. He had four. And so I think that I think yep. that sort of speaks to the fact that he was relatively neutralized in his ability to really do a lot of damage inside, which is where he does most of his work. So they did, I think, a nice yep. job there. Uh, let's move on to the five keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing uh, also has fabricated customs. Uh, so if you need... Uh, Custom fabricated. You need some sort of T-shirt or for your business or maybe your school club. You can check out their stuff. Uh, they will do all this backend work for you. It makes it so much easier. If you have like a fundraiser or something, they'll they can set the price. They'll set cut you check for whatever is sold above. Uh, you know uh, whatever you want to set as far as your price above the the cost for the shirts and the T-shirts and hoodies, whatever. Uh, they make it so simple. I can't tell you how the biggest problem is logistics. As Rod will tell you, the worst part of selling T-shirts is actually the shipping and 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 the sending things out and taking care of refunds sure. and returns and collecting money and blah blah blah. They do all that stuff for you. So if you have an instance where you might want to do that for your uh, for your um, a club or again your business, give them a call. Gabe and his team will do a fantastic work. You can also, of course, go to Nedge Printing and get any of the great gear they have for Spartans or others. Other uh, schools. So you can check it out at nudgeprinting.com. Again, listeners of the show, 20% off if you mention Final Four and the coupon code, just one word uh, at checkout. So the five keys, number one, sustain. And so that was, we sort of talked on that a little bit. Michigan State had sustained sustain the energy. We weren't certainly expecting the kind of performance they had against Baylor, but they were not to, uh, we were looking for a letdown. And I think we can confidently say they did not have a letdown in this game.
1: Yeah. I didn't think it was that, uh, you know, obviously the rebounding and it was a team wide thing. You know, I actually thought the big men did a reasonably good job. I thought it was, it was Michigan state's guards. I I didn't like the way they rebounded defensively. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I thought, I thought once again, the defense was pretty connected. They didn't generate nearly the number of turnovers. They only had five steals. And Oakland had eight (laughs) T.O.s in this game. So that was a little different. But it was also, you know, Oakland wasn't going to try and attack them the way Baylor did. Uh, But I thought, try to remember who it was. Might have been Jaden. Might have been somebody else. Somebody got beat by Rocket Watts backdoor early in the game. And, And then after that, that was done. Yeah. So that was encouraging to see. I thought once again, reasonably well connected effort defensively. Um and, you know, we see good results. With they, they, you know, Oakland sub forty percent from the floor, um, basically held them to just slightly below their average on the season from three. Um, didn't foul them a great deal. I don't know what did Oakland end up shooting they ended up throws,
0: shooting seven for ten
1: uh I'm ten learning. free throw attempts yeah. yeah that's not very much so in those ways very good michigan state also to their credit while the defensive rebounding was awful the offensive rebounding was great they yeah. had 14 a nearly a 50 percent <laughs> offensive rebounding rate for the second game in a row yeah because they, they did it against baylor too they really got all over the offensive boards. I mean, that's fourteen offensive rebounds on thirty misses. That's that's an incredible so they actually did win the rebounding battle because Oakland had a forty percent offensive rebound rate. Michigan State's was I didn't do the math. Forty seven high forties. Yeah. Um so they won it. <laughs> Which, you know, again, I'm not blowing the trumpets on that one because Defensive job was way below par, but Michigan State's activity level is evidenced by the way they got all over the offensive boards. And and it was a variety of guys. You know, it wasn't just one guy. I mean, you see it. Jaden had two. Hogart had two. Motty had three. Uh, Cooper had two. You know, so it was a number of guys contributing in that area. So I was happy with that. I thought, as I say, I thought particularly late in the first half, then into the second half, they were looking to push the ball. So enough of those things showed up that I think you have to be reasonably pleased um, with Michigan State's ability to carry over what they did against Baylor into this one.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it was impressive. I, You know, had, had Monty not been so effective early, I think it would have been a little bit different start for that game but he was really good to start the game he had a couple offensive rebounds he had some you know he scored a little bit so he kind of got things going I, I was I was impressed with his play again you know that second game again three and five and seven points and, and Cooper you know he had the two both his offensive rebounds were to put back dunks so uh you know good Cooper effort from those followed guys.
1: it up as well I think both of those guys got off to really good starts and Michigan State seemed to be making a concerted effort to, you know we talked about it in the pregame this is not an oakland team with much size um and they play like it <laughs> they don't do much in the way yeah. of dissuading you at the rim i mean i'm just checking the stats now well they they did manage to get two blocks so to michigan state's five but um Michigan State seemed intent on that, and both Carson and Madi had post-up baskets early. Mm-hmm. They also seemed to be trying to get Malik involved with less success. But um, yeah, i, I I'm happy with the way for the second game in a row. I think you have to be pretty pleased with what Michigan State got out of the five spot.
0: Yeah, it's funny they both both Māti and Carson were three for three from the field, one for two from the line, and both had eight rebounds. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I would say the one it's a tough thing was Malik really struggled. You know, he's one for seven from the field, and he there were I, I think the first maybe first ten minutes I felt like a number of times, and this may have just been trying to figure out the zone there were some guards and there were people who were taking shots and it was like, they weren't sure they're were shooting. They thought they're going to pat you know, when you leave your feet and then, and so they had some weird absol- shots. You're and absolutely stuff. correct.
1: You're absolutely correct. And that can happen to you when you're playing against a zone like that, because what, what can end up happening is you are getting the ball and finding yourself quote unquote open in spots that you're not used to being open in. And so sometimes, if you're not ready for it, um, you can end up taking very awkward, off kilter-looking shots because you're not getting them in rhythm. You know, the the ideal thing is if you're facing a zone. One thing that can tend to be really effective is if you've got a guy who's capable of playing in the gap, and you get him the ball at the free throw line or free throw line extended. And they're a player who's comfortable with just going right up with that shot if they're not guarded in that spot on the floor. You know, the, one of the better on ones Green. Michigan State's ever had doing that. He was okay, but one of the one of the best uh, was Goran oh, yeah, late in his career. Yeah. Goran Sutan was, I mean, he just tattooed Louisville in a regional final doing that as one example but he was very very effective at it they have met other guys AJ Granger was good you know they've got other guys who Adam Ballinger could do that um this team doesn't have really an obvious candidate um Malik would be a good one if he had confidence with the jumper but he doesn't really feel that it doesn't feel that way right now yeah so you saw Michigan State trying to use AJ Hogart in that role that actually a lot, worked pretty I well was a interesting it was okay, yeah. and that's not a bad move because the advantage to that is you get A.J. the ball in that spot, he can then take it off the dribble from there and get to the rim yeah, uh, or hit a mid-range floater. He's a guy who's maybe a little more comfortable with those shots as a natural course of how he plays as opposed to some of the other guys. i thought I'm trying to think. I think Trey Holloman had a moment. Where he was in that spot and it looked awkward. Um, there were some other guys. It it did that was all in the first half. Yeah, That's when Michigan State really wasn't wasn't attacking that zone the way you would hope to see them do it. It got better as the game went along. Specific to Malik. The the part that was disappointing about his game to me is that we talked about the fact this team doesn't have much of the way of rim protection. So if that's the case and you're not really worried about an opponent blocking your shot or, or altering it even, take the ball aggressively. Go hard. You know, that's the old rule of thumb. It was always been: What do you do to combat a shot block? You try and go through him. Mm-hmm. You go right at him. Well, a team that doesn't even have a shot blocker, especially, <laughs> be aggressive. Go through him. And I thought Malik was just, he was fading away a lot. It was just, he, he could hit those shots, but you'd much rather have seen him just take the ball right at them. And we didn't see him do that. And his performance suffered
0: because of it, my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. And yeah, for a guy who has been really one of the most consistent players, the last couple of games, offensively, he's really struggled I think defensively, this game he was excellent. He really yeah, he Trout, was, Townsend he was doing good anything, against Towns. Just on the other end of he the was floor, good. he wasn't as good.
1: He yeah, so I I don't think it was a total zero from him by any means. But boy, offensively, you just you you feel like he left a lot out
0: there. Yeah. Defensively, he was solid. Well, and that's actually the second key of the game was the four spot. You know what they could do against Townsend and how Malik did, and you know I think we just kind of went over that. So I think they well, it's. I think it's I think it's more than just that picture though,
1: um, because I think you also got a really good fifteen minutes out of Cohen Carr. Yeah, that's true. He had seven seven points and four boards in this game, and again, the thing that impressed me most of all was the way he hung in there defensively against Townsend. That was a challenge, you know. That's equivalent guarding that guy is equivalent to a lot of what he'll see as they get back into Big Ten play. You know, there aren't a lot of guys in the Big Ten at the four spot. There's some, but not a lot that are significantly better or pose a significantly greater challenge than Townsend did. And so for Cohen to hang in there and, and really do an effective job, second game in a row, that I felt like he really showed up nicely on the defensive end. That's a, that's a big positive. Yeah. Well, you're seeing his progression, right? I mean, you're seeing that progression defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you do it two games in a row like this, um, that's just going to do nothing but increase the trust level that the coaching staff has in him. And that's a big deal because you need to feel, you know, Malik can't play 40 minutes. So you need to feel a level of trust in another option at that position because you're going to need to go to it. There's no doubt about that. And right now, I think Cohen Carr is sitting in a spot where I am i don't know how Tom Izzo feels. I can surmise by the minutes he's getting, but just speaking for myself, watching it, I feel comfortable with Cohen
0: Carr on the floor right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think so too. Yeah, I think you're you're not giving up as much as you I mean, it's surprising. I don't think that was kind of what we thought the season was going to when we did our preview that this is where we'd be, but expectation that would be playing, but maybe not in this role in the four, so, you know, like he is. But he's fitted really it, well.
1: Yeah, and it's it's happened out of necessity because, you know, Xavier Booker. Yeah. He's although not quite ready. We, we can talk about him. I think he's showing signs, which is really encouraging. But um, he's not he's not there yet. So the only other reasonable, and, and with Jackson Kohler out, that's taken another possibility away. Right. So really, the only move you can make is with Cohen Carr. Now, they've been playing him on the wing sub, too. But, yeah, I would say thus far, most of his minutes have been coming at the four, and he's held up very nicely. I mean, the the, the strides he's made, in terms of defensive reliability, is a big deal. Because if you can do that at Michigan State, that means you're playable. And if he's playable with that ability to defend, well, then you've got something. Because with his athleticism, as we see in these games, if he's on the floor, opportunities to score, and not just score, but score loud points, are going to be there. What do you mean by loud? points? what do you you mean? He's (laughs) just too, he's just too good an athlete, you know? And, and Michigan state's guards are very conscious of looking for him and exploiting that. Yeah. So again, if, if defensively, if he holds up, then those things are going
0: to show up at the other end. They just will. Yeah. That dunk, it is, is impressive now at the Breslin, you know, as soon as that break started, I mean, you could, everybody in the stands was getting, yeah. you know, you could hear it. <laughs> everybody kind of go, oh, here it comes. Yeah. And it came. Uh, so let's go yeah. to <laughs> number three uh, key to the game is paint points. Michigan State had 32, uh, almost half their points. 32 of 79, I guess, were in the paint. Uh, so I think they got a lot of work done there. Baylor had 28 there, but uh, I think that's definitely a win for Michigan State as well.
1: I, I'm not as concerned about where Oakland got done. I mean, they did yeah. outscore them in the paint, so that's fine. It, it's more about Michigan State, just what they're doing, because production there will lead to production on the perimeter. And we saw that happen. Yep. I think it, it is not an accident that as Michigan State got better in attacking that zone, which primarily meant getting the ball. Into the gaps, getting the ball into the lane, getting the ball to the rim, the quality of jumper they got improved and the success rate went up dramatically. So it all goes hand in hand. And as we've now, this game, MSU did actually get a couple of pure post up baskets, but it's still not a very big part of what they're going to do. Ah, uh, the only thing that might change that would be if and when Jackson Kohler comes back, maybe they'll they'll look to dump the ball into him with a little more frequency than they do anybody else. But even there, I don't expect Jackson to be playing the kind of minutes that would make that a huge part of what they do. So it's got to come, it's got to come via penetration, primarily. You know, maybe some uh, some lobs off pick and roll, which they really didn't have opportunities tonight because of the way oakland defended them
0: yeah
1: uh and so it was primarily via the guards getting them in the lane and they did and then some garbage baskets too but um they did that well yeah especially as the game progressed in the second half
0: so the number four key of the game is pace and we have sort of talked about this a little bit michigan state i think did a good job getting up and down and pushing when they could I'm really yeah. impressed with Jeremy Fears when he came in. He, re- I mean, he really looks to push. I mean, AJ pushes, but yep. not not all the time and not consistently. Uh, but Jeremy, even when it looks like there's nothing there, he had a couple two. I think it was two straight possessions where he forced it out, and it's like and it turned to what looked like kind of just a regular defensive rebound or something. And then it, oh, they actually had a break opportunity and they got a layup, two layups, I think, with his pushes ahead Absolutely. with his passing. The the two guys who are doing the best job of that on a
1: possession-to-possession basis are, in my opinion, are Jeremy Fierce and Trey Holloman. Mm -hmm. Um, Trey Holloman had, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was to. Was it to Tyson?
0: Yeah, he had one to Tyson. Tyson had that
1: reverse, I think. Throw ahead. Yeah. Um, Those two, whereas Fierce, it's some of that, but it's also pushing the ball via the dribble but those two guys are very consistently doing that and it's great to see um you know I thought MSU did you know they, they weren't handed it wasn't easy because they didn't rebound well defensively no. and they didn't generate many steals so th- that's gonna limit the number of chances you get to really get into transition the fact that they were able to do it as effectively as they were despite that I thought, showed um showed some improvement that they're making in terms of mindset you know that even despite that they were looking to
0: force it and and they did a pretty good job yeah i think you what it's night and day difference from four or five games ago Is just the way they attack um yeah from a pay standpoint it's how look it's how it's how this
1: team has to play yeah right i mean that's it's just that simple if, if they're going to try and emulate Wisconsin, it's not going to go well. They need to play fast. It's They have a roster that lends itself to that, and it's the best utilization of the players that they actually have. So they've got to do it.
0: So the fifth and final key to the game is confident shooting. And as you mentioned, you know, a little bit, struggled a little bit in the first half, 37% from the field, but the second half, 63% and 63% from three. So, and finishing the game at almost 50% from the field and 43% from three point range. And also back to where you think, hope they sort of live more is the 75% from the line.
1: Yeah. um, Look, if, if you move the ball well, meaning, and, and you get, Balanced scoring, I'm telling you, this is going to continue. Doesn't mean there'll be 40% plus every time out, but this is going to continue. If you saw in in the first half even some of those misses, I mean, Trey Holliman was oh. two for five from three. He probably should have been five for five <laughs> yeah. because every one of them that he missed was right there. Um, that's a confident shooter, you know? I think Jaden Akins. What was Jaden? Jaden ended up. Um, well, he ended up three for seven, yeah. but that's still decent. He's thirty-two percent now seeing, from
0: the field from the you're season.
1: See, right, you're seeing him grow, game in game out. Tyson Walker struggled some early. Ended up rallying to hit a couple. He was two for six. Um, not his best effort, but certainly not anything you'd, you'd say. Wow, he's really struggling. And, and one that I was very pleased to see, A.J. Hogard stepped in to get good ball movement yep. against that zone. He got an opportunity for a wide-open three. He took it confidently, no hesitation, and drained it. That's a big deal. As we, we talked about that coming out of, or heading into this game. You know, it feels to be like in Walker and Holloman and Aikens, you've got three guys that are feeling pretty confident Yeah, and you know, the the results tonight certainly support that idea. So now the next step is, can you get AJ and Malik to join them? And if he can, then you've got five guys that are actually real weapons. And it was nice to see AJ hit that shot. He needed it, but it was exactly the kind of three he should be taking exactly the kind of three he should be taking. So that was great to see. And, you know, and then they get another one from, from Xavier Booker who, and I, and I want to talk about him for a second sure. because, yeah. you know, seven minutes, he had five points, um, one for two from the floor. He missed kind of a, a post-up attempt, which I think unfortunately betrayed his issues in terms of strength, but he hit a three. It was very, very smooth. Two for two for two from the line had a rebound had a block had a nice block I believe of Townsend um and once again I thought defensively he held up you know yeah um they got him in there in a good matchup they got him in there when Oakland was playing um LaRua. uh yeah Niva Larua Ler- and um and that was a little easier matchup mm-hmm. because you know Conway uh, was only four for eight. God, it felt like he was better than that. Um, but Conway showed, so had certainly had a stretch where he was playing very confidently yeah. in the post. So that was a smart move to try to get Book some minutes against a guy he could hang in there against. But nevertheless, he did it. And as I said, he got that block kind of help side against Townsend in the middle of the lane uh, where he showed off uh, his wingspan. So, I would say this is this is two straight games where you're seeing Xavier Booker do some positive things, and that's a big deal that's going to help him in terms of building his confidence and as we've talked about really since the early stages of this season, I think the key for Michigan State is you can't you can't rush this,
0: yeah. I think
1: he you're right. yeah, is. Exactly. You want to get him to the point that by February, he's somebody that maybe you're feeling about him in February, the way you are more or less that you're feeling about Cohen Carr now, where where you look at it and you say, okay, he's on the floor. I trust that he can do. I'm I'm not expecting missed assignments defensively and right you know getting getting blasted on rebound attempts and you know all those kind of things that that you feel confident okay this guy can help us win he can make winning plays when he's out there that's where you want to get to so it's good that this has happened he's got one more here before the holiday break against stony brook and i would suggest that's another big opportunity for him if he can have another similar kind of outing to the last two where he comes in plays some minutes actually contributes does some good things then you go into that holiday break and he should be feeling pretty good about himself and the opportunity to get those practices should help even further and and that's what that's what you got to be hoping for if you're Michigan State right now just taking it gradually but but putting Putting these these steps, these pieces into place, helping Xavier Booker gradually improve to the point that you're able to get something really meaningful from him when you know when it matters most
0: in terms of your season. Yep, I think my wife's analysis was best. He just looks less lost out there, is what she she turned yeah, and told me. That, and I think that's a very yeah, succinct way
1: of saying it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's mostly. You know that's mostly down to the defensive end mm-hmm. you know offensively you know he's he's always going to be okay because he's always got the ability via his size and his shooting skill you know he, he's capable of making a, a contribution and a play even if he's not necessarily in the right spot <laughs> i mean that's that's why he was ranked where he was you know his tools and his skill set give him that that ability but defensively that's where the progress has to be made
0: and you know he's starting to take some steps so it's good to see yeah it is yeah my wife said his shot looks just real pretty <laughs> so yeah yeah it's about as it's smooth as butter so well and 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 one more quick note
1: on that you know uh, just as i said with Cohen Carr hey When he's this reliable defensively, that's a huge boost at the other end because you know that you can play him now, and if he's on the floor, his athleticism will enable him to go make plays offensively. Right. You know, that's how it works. With Xavier Booker, if he can be reliable defensively, if he can get to that point that you trust him, well, now you're talking about an element that they don't currently have, which is a big man who can actually hit a jumper, yep. who can hit a three. So that's something, that's another component that down the line, if you can get him to a spot where you trust him defensively, then that could show up. And if that happens, well, that, that's another element to michigan state's offensive game that's unlocked and you know the whole thing just continues to get better
0: yeah i mean if you watch his game offensively he is not good setting screens like playing the pick and roll he's no. he looks very uncomfortable out there you didn't obviously don't going to do against the zone like the, today so there's really that was not part of the game in normal um but uh, you can definitely see where at some point I mean, you could imagine in the zone say next year you could put a, you could camp him at the free throw line. And then I mean, what, Absolutely. right it'd be disaster having a guy who's 6'11" who's distributing the ball yep. or just hitting open, you know, open uh, jumpers from,
1: you know. Now, the, now the the thing there is, you know, he, and this is where it'll have to be continued progress for him because to play that role, ideally, it's not even just about okay, a guy could stick a 15-foot shot. It's that you trust him with the ball right. to oh, make yeah, the right, right. decision. And but but you're right. That's something that's something that can be a big deal. It also can be a big deal just in terms of forcing defenses to honor that. To you know, you could play four out with him and have him be a credible threat. Well now a defense has to adjust to that. And and their four man or their five man, depending upon where Book's playing, is gonna have to extend out on him. And that's disruptive. So, yeah, it, it look it can it can add a whole heck of a lot. We're not nearly there yet. I don't want to put cart before the horse, but the fact that there are two games in a row where where X has has shown some signs of starting to get it, and knowing what time of year we're in, that this is a period where historically. Young guys have been able to make progress at Michigan State when they go into this holiday period where they're able to get some work-on-us time rather than game planning um, and worrying about playing a particular opponent. It's, it's really good. It's, it's really good, and there's the potential, I think, for some real strides to get made.
0: Yeah, and I think the final thing just to mention is that watching the interview from a couple days ago before the Baylor game and just everything you hear certainly seems like the kind of kid who is who recognizes what he can and can't do. I mean, he recognizes his deficiencies and is willing to work on them and, and accepts the fact that he can't do them but is trying to correct them. I think that is... A level of maturity you don't always see, I think, with those young players. So it's kind of, especially a guy who's right, a five-star, you know, McDonald's All-American. You could easily see that, that kind of guy not being coachable, but he certainly doesn't seem like that kind of kid. Absolutely. And and I'll tell
1: you, uh, it was funny because when Michigan State was really going through it, which is, you know, basically about five days ago, <laughs> um, uh, you started to see not, not clued in Michigan State people but people from the outside starting to talk about uh, the portal with Xavier Booker. Cause he hadn't been playing. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's an impossibility because you'd be foolish to ever say that about anybody in the modern era. But I will tell you this, he chose Michigan state for a very specific reason. And the reason is exactly the stuff we're talking about that not just him, But the people around him, his parents and the guys in his high school, but especially his AAU program, all understood that he needed what Tom Izzo will require of him. He needed to develop his motor, his toughness, his strength, all of those things. That is why he came to Michigan State. So... If you think that the fact that he's not playing because he's not showing those things sufficiently yet is going to lead him to say, well, I got to get the hell out of (laughs) here and go somewhere where I can play some minutes regardless of what I do. If you think that's how it's going to go, you're probably going to be wrong. I won't say a hundred percent because I, you know, you'd have to be in the Xavier Booker in his head or his family to, to be a hundred percent certain, but I'm about as certain as I could be that that's not in the cards. Yeah. Um, there's a reason, you know, keep in mind, keep this in mind. Also, Xavier Booker played for a non shoe company, AAU team. And absolutely add the Adidas and Nike teams in Indiana. Working overtime to try to get him on their teams, and he did not go. Um, he stayed at at Cathedral High School in Indiana when prep schools around the country were working him hard to try to get him to to uh, to join their teams. Um, this is a guy that doesn't fit that profile that you're talking about when you worry. You know, about, well, is somebody going to leave? I mean, again, I, I I, offer the caveat, you never say never in an era where it's just easy to do it, but I would, no matter how the rest of the season
0: goes, I would bet against that happening with Xavier Booker. Yeah. It's, it's, I really would. It seems a lot like, similar much, you know, if listeners remember our conversation with Garrick Norman. A guy who has unusual loyalty, you know, and and uh, yep. and I th- feel like it's the same sort of thing with uh, with Booker, which actually yep. is a thing worth pointing out to Garrick Norman. Not that it probably matters in some respects because he's redshirting, but he was walking with a boot, so he was matched. Yeah. Curs- <laughs> so Kohler had a boot on his left foot, and uh, Norman had a boot on his right foot. So. Uh, it was- I guess I don't know what's going on with that, but I suppose we'll find well, out at some point.
1: The, the, the question that would be good, and I have not seen it asked or answered yet with, with Garrett Norman, as you say, because the red shirt is pretty much, and I, and I think it's, I think it's gotten to the point that it's safe because Michigan state shooting has gotten better. Yeah. The one argument there might be for taking it off, I think has dissipated. So I think it, that's pretty much a fait accompli, but um with regard to Kohler, what I would be interested in is has he been practicing? Right, exactly. If he's been practicing and they're and they're having him wear the boot as a precaution, you know, I saw his O say he had a little bit of pain and he kind of made it sound after the Baylor game as if it was precautionary, but he still got it on. Yeah. So what does that mean? Is he continuing to practice? If he's not practicing right now, then you know, I think all bets are off. I agree. In terms of when his return would happen. Um, but uh remains
0: to be seen. We'll 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 see. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there, unless you have any other final thoughts for this game.
1: No, um, you know, it was it was kind of a... we talked about this in the preview, it was kind of a typical Michigan State Oakland game where people worry because you know, it's Oakland and they're in-state kids and it's a trap game and, you know, all these things. And then the game unfolds and MSU plays reasonably well and isn't really threatened. I mean, essentially, the last, what, 25 minutes of that game, it was never in doubt.
0: No, no. You know? There
1: were any signs so that that's it going to
0: turn around, yeah.
1: No, that's a pretty comfortable spot to be and I mean honestly I was probably more worried against Baylor up 25 than I was up 15 against Oakland <laughs> you know yeah no, for I obvious reasons that's... yeah absolutely but, um but yeah it was kind of a typical you know Oakland did some things here and there but by and large Michigan State's talent won out because they were sufficiently well focused and played with sufficient energy to not let Oakland have a big edge in those areas. And if that's, if you match them there, then your talent's going to probably
0: win out and that's what happened. Yep. I totally agree. And I did enjoy my ice cream sandwich and it's nice being back in Michigan. Uh, although I'm still down one suitcase, but at some point it's coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, have,
1: um, <laughs> have you, have you tried to look up the heckler?
0: Oh, I see him see all the where time. He's sitting. Oh, Do I th- okay. he's exactly where he was before, and we just moved over okay. three sections. He didn't move. It's wonderful. Okay, I can't hear Good. a peep from him. So, <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, I just see him over there, just looking grouchy and angry, and uh, think, eh, it's not my problem anymore. So now it's someone else's problem. Who made the mistake, yeah. the misfortune of moving to our seats, <laughs> and they get him for the next five years or whatever it is but until we have the seat reassignment. So it's been it's been nice. So. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll leave it there. I make, again, make sure you check out nudgeprinting.com. Also check out the brothers Jetsu gutters. If you need some gutter work and until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green.